Welcome back to the second episode of the Hoop Games podcast, titled Number 27. In this episode, we are ranking the all-time number 27 player as of the end of the 2020 season, Steph Curry. Steph Curry currently ranks as the fifth highest player to have ever played point guard in the model. I am really excited about this episode as Steph Curry is one of my favorite players to watch and makes for a really interesting case for the game model due to really good what-if scenarios or game model simulations. One thing to note here is that this is the current ranking through last season and does not include this season as it has not yet finished. This podcast does anticipate Steph Curry moving further up the list over time. This is especially important to note given Curry's recent run this season, with a 10-game span averaging eye-popping numbers like 41-6-4 on 55-50-90 splits. This season should have numerous beneficial impacts to Curry's ranking, as we will detail later in this episode. Steph is plain and simple the best shooter of all time and is a perfect piece on a championship team in today's NBA. He was the best player on a championship team, but is an interesting example in his 2015 title run, which we will get to in a bit, and came very close to being the best player on another championship in 2016, and has been a critical part of two others in 2017 and 2018, and nearly a third in 2019. He has played on three championship teams, but became very close to being the first or second pl- first or second best player on five different championship teams, something only Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant have done in the last few decades, and then obviously Jordan before that, as the only three players to do so since 1990. A quick run-through of Steph Curry's career accomplishments still takes a while. He was the seventh overall pick in the 2009 draft class that featured Blake Griffin, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan as the best players in addition to Steph. He's played 11 years in the NBA, does not include this year, has career averages of 23.5 points per game, 6.6 assists, 4.5 rebounds, 1.7 steals, 0.8 blocks on 48% shooting, and 43.5% from three, with 91% from from the free throw line. All incredible splits for a point guard who takes incredibly hard and challenging three-pointers. He's a six-time All-Star, again not including this year, has three championships, one is the lead guy, two as the second best player, we'll call that one as a Batman, two as Robin, with no finals MVP, which is an interesting what-if scenario or game model simulation we will get to later in the episode. He has six All-NBA selections, three first team, two second teams, and one third team. In the current season, he's actually passed Wilt Chamberlain as the all-time leading Warriors franchise scorer. And in addition, he'll pass Ray Allen for the most threes in a career, probably next season, the 2021-2022 season. Passing Ray Allen is due mainly to the fact that Curry is the best shooter the game has ever seen, but also to some extent in the way the game has evolved over time. The explosion of threes in the modern game. According to a recent tweet by the play-by-play team for the Boston Celtics, Marcus Smart recently passed Larry Bird for fourth all-time on the Celtics threes list. Bird, a former three-point champion and excellent shooter at 38% over his 13-year career, has been passed by a 27-year-old 32% shooter in just his seventh season. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated pointed out that this stat sums up the evolution of the game, for which Curry is a huge contributor. Steph has the ability to hit any shot once he crosses half court, pull up threes from 35 feet consistently, coming off screens a la Reggie Miller, mid-range, using pump fake to open up a drive to the hoop sends players have to respect him pulling up from anywhere, an absolute arsenal to attack players defensively. Steph has revolutionized the game of basketball in terms of on-court impact like few before him. A few that come to mind on the game-changing scale, Wilt Chamberlain, who had rules changed in the NBA for him, which included widening the free throw lane, 
goaltending, and more. Dr. J, who made dunking an art form. Michael Jordan, who dominated the NBA and then dominated the draft after his retirement, with teams looking for his eventual replacement. Dirk Nowinski and his influence on floor spacing and current NBA requiring shooters at all positions. And then Steph Curry, who has had a huge impact on threes in the modern NBA, as alluded to earlier. In a recent February 2021 interview with the New York Times, Kevin Garnett stated, quote, the fadeaways, one-leg runners, the one-leg balance shots, that stuff that Dirk Nowinski brought to our game. And now, when I watch the Joker, Nikola Jokic, play, it feels like he has taken that Dirkness and mixed it with his own talent. And Steph Curry revolutionized things with being able to shoot it from distance with such consistency. Clay Thompson, Dame Lillard, these guards changed the game. That's KG echoing the two most recent players that I've listed on my list. I understand that this is a bit of a hot take, as I've excluded LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson, Shaquille O'Neal, to name a few. Question I'll pose to listeners, is Kobe significantly different than Jordan? They're very comparable players and skill sets. LeBron is another interesting one. A shooting guard, small forward hybrid that can do it all. Essentially Jordan, maybe a better passer and shooter with incredible size, but maybe less dominant defensively. In fact, his size at the position may be the most unique aspect of LeBron's game. Allen Iverson was a warrior on the court and had a huge impact in the 2000s on broader basketball culture, but a small small guard that put up 30 points per game had been seen before. For a good read on Allen Iverson's impact on the culture of basketball, check out Under the Boards, The Cultural Revolution in, in Basketball by Jeffrey Lane. Highly recommend it. Was a dominant big man who could bully people with height and size new to the NBA like Shaq? Wilt had rules changed for him, for example. You could make an argument for all of those guys changing the game, but all this to say Curry has been a game changer like few before him, creating spacing and an incredible team and franchise system by himself due to his shooting and unselfishness. A recent stat from StatMuse stated that the Warriors with Steph Curry in the 2020-2021 season, this current season, have the 13th best offense. Without him, they have the worst offense in the last five seasons. I just started reading Beta Ball by Eric Malinowski, a book on the Warriors franchise in, quote, how Silicon Valley and science built one of the greatest basketball teams in history and highly recommend it for basketball fans. My personal thoughts on Steph Curry's game, his domination at his size is a true testament to his immense skill and has a real chance to retire as the highest ranking six foot five or shorter player ever and seeing how high he can get on the total list is going to be really interesting. There was a large discussion in NBA circles recently about Curry's ability to carry the team to the playoffs, carry a team to the playoffs, He has more than answered that this year in what he has done with a shorthanded and frankly outmanned Warriors team. We will hop into the model looking at Curry's ranking right after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Boxed Up, a rental equipment marketplace connecting renters and owners. Boxed Up makes it easy for you to start a new business, kick off a new hobby, or try out something new. No more renting stuff from people you don't know or driving across town to the big box rental house. Boxed Up has both highly curated kits or a la carte items for those in the know. This podcast is recorded using boxed up equipment, and I highly recommend their services, as it's made both the podcasting and video recording process much smoother. For rentals delivered to your door, go to www.tryboxedup.com. Welcome back to episode two, titled number 27. At this point, we will talk through Steph Curry's metrics in the game model. I will give a quick one-line recap of all metrics used in the game model during this episode, but for more detail or a refresher, 
please be sure to check out the intro episode. Starting with player performance points, or PPP. PPP is the total of all yearly grades on a scale of 0 to 10 over the course of a player's career. Steph Curry currently ranks 150th on the longevity metric, given he is still in his prime, and he is an all-time contributor when healthy, but has been impacted by injuries, which we will get to in the PPP per year section. His 2019-2020 season, where he played just five games, caused Curry to miss out on a 6.175 performance, which would have moved him up 40 spots on the all-time longevity list. His current year is trending for a 7.95 score, a already a 0.5 improvement from when I started writing the content from this episode, as this was before his nine-game tear I mentioned earlier. Now, the 7.95 score is still a bit lower than his 9.5 score performance in 2015-2016 when he won unanimous MVP, but he should move up around to around the top 100 on longevity, jumping 40 to 50 people just this season. Now, comparing his current year to his MVP season on a basic, basic statistic basis, in his MVP season of 2015-2016, Steph Curry averaged 30 points per game, 6.7 assists, 5.5 rebounds, two steals on 50, 45, 91, and 34 minutes per game, with a true shooting percentage of 67%. This season, Steph Curry is averaging 31 points per game, 5.8 assists, 5.6 rebounds, 1.2 steals on 49, 43, and 92% in 34 minutes per game, a true shooting percentage of 66%. Basic statistics would say it's basically the same year, but advanced statistics say he's a bit less efficient on his shooting and relative to the rest of the league. The league is shooting 3% higher on a true shooting percentage, while Curry is 1% less efficient. The league is embracing high-efficiency shots and shooting them really well, something Steph himself deserves some credit for, as mentioned earlier, in terms of revolutionizing the game and the league adopting more efficient shots. Looking at the four players on this list above Curry who played point guard, Steph is ahead of one player on the longevity metric by the season ending the age 31 year. It's comparable to a second, but trails the other two by a solid margin. Steph does have the highest graded year of the group. He also has two of the four years scoring above a nine or higher across all five point guards. If Steph scores three more years of six or higher performances on the 0-10 scale, which should be very achievable, this would put Steph somewhere in the top 55 range on the longevity metric. Three years of seven or higher performances would put him in the top 40 to 45 range. He has huge opportunity to move up quickly in this metric, as he is already on pace for roughly an eight performance this year. Looking at regular season peak, regular season peak is defined as the top six seasons in terms of graded performance, plus any applicable regular season gold accolades that the player achieved in the year. Steph peaked in 2014 to 2019. He does have the seventh highest graded season ever in 2015-2016 with a 9.5. The only players to beat that are LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Wilt Chamberlain. He's also one of eight players to have multiple seasons graded over a 9. That list includes Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan, David Robinson, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Giannis. Steph has the 17th highest graded peak of all time and is helped by his back-to-back MVPs, although he is held back by his 6th highest performance in 2018, where he had a 6.1075 performance and made the all-star team and third-team All-NBA. 
he missed a significant amount of games playing only 51, which impacted his score. Steph does have the lowest sixth peak year of any player in the top 27, although, as mentioned earlier, he he should beat that this year, and doing so should put his peak from 17th highest to somewhere around top 11 or top 12. Next, looking at PPP per year. PPP per year is the average of the graded yearly performances over the course of a player's career. This metric gets at how consistent or reliable players were. Curry currently ranks 38th in NBA history. He has great individual performances when healthy, but has significant missed games in 2012 with an ankle injury, 2018 with a sprained knee, and basically missed all of 2020 with a broken hand. He lost 11.6 points between these three seasons, which is two average seasons worth, or a point and a half better than an all-time great season. As a result, he trails similar age in ranked players like Chris Paul and James Harden on this metric, who have not had the same injuries history that Steph has had. Steph also has two sub 3.25 performances, the only two among the top five point guards on the list, meaning Curry has had both the highest peaks, but also the lowest valleys of the top five point guards in the rankings. Compared to the other four point guards in the top 27, Curry has the lowest PPP per year at 6.4, compared to the others who have a 7.6, 7.2, 7.1, and 6.6. Through their age 31 season, Curry was tra- was trailing with a 6.4 compared to 7.8, 7.7, 7.4, and 6.9. So those players were all beating Steph Curry on this metric as of the end of the 30, age 31 season. Looking at regular season gold, regular season gold is the accumulation of accolades over a player's career in terms of points for all-star appearances, all-NBA team selections, and MVPs. Steph has six all-stars worth a half a point, half a point each three first-team appearances at 1.5 points each, two second-team appearances at 1.25 points each, and one third-team at one point. He also has two MVPs at three points each. Uh, two MVPs at three points each. So totaling this up, he gets three points for all-stars, 4.5 points for first-team, 2.5 points for second-teams, one point for third-teams, and six points for MVP. That gives him 17 points total on the regular season gold metric. This is good for 34th all-time, driven by his two MVPs. He's tied with James Harden and Chris Paul, but ahead of guys like Gary Payton and Dwayne Wade already, and still has peak years still to come. He should pass other point guard greats, who had extreme longevity like Steve Nash and John Stockton, over the next two seasons, which shows that Steph is well on his way to moving further up the rankings over time. Next, looking at career PER, Curry, Curry ranks 18th in career PER. He should be consistent in this range for a few years, and maybe passed by Giannis shortly, but should come down in a few years as he will reach his less efficient post-peak and pre-retirement years. In terms of career win share per 48, currently Curry ranks as 21st in career win shares per 48. He should be consistent in this range for a few years, similar to the PER comment. His career regular season PER and win shares per 48 are consistent in the top 21 range. Looking at star teammate help, star teammate help is the total of a player's teammates' regular season gold totals over the course of his career. If a player was voted all-star, all-NBA first team, and MVP in the same year, that player would have earned a five, and these five would be added to a player's star teammate help for that year. Star teammate totals these points and divides by year to get the average star teammate help per year. Curry scores a 15.25 on star teammate help, 
an average of 1.39, which is the equivalent of an All-NBA teammate. This currently ranks 13th of the top 27, but is the fifth highest of any player whose career started 1980 or later, behind Shaq, Magic, Durant, and Dwayne Wade only. He never had an MVP winning teammate, but certainly had MVP caliber teammate teammates in Kevin Durant for two years, three years. He has had six of 11 years with all-star or all-NBA teammates, and also had some years with multiple all-stars and all-NBA teammates, especially during the Durant years with Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant. Compared to the other four point guards in the top 27, Curry surprisingly ranks fourth of fifth, fourth of five in terms of teammate help, second only to a current point guard who had less than Curry in star teammate help. The other point guards had all-star teammates in the following situations. 14 of 14 years, 12 of 13 years, 14 of 14 years, and 10 of 15 years. While Curry has had a lot of teammate help, he surprisingly has not had more than most of the top 27. Total teammate help. So total teammate help is the total team's graded performance minus the individual player's contributions. If each player on the 2016 Golden State Warriors totaled 50.9 PPP across all their players, instead, and Steph had a 9.5 performance, his teammate help would be 50.9, which was the team's total, minus 9.5 giving him a result of 41.4. Steph's average teammate help, total teammate help, is 41.7, which is 20th of the top 27, or 7th lowest of the top 27, meaning he's had the 7th lowest teammate help, ahead of only Wilt, Russell, Mikan, Shays, Pettit, and Robertson. This is a very surprising result of the model and could be driven by a few factors. Curry's teams have been top-heavy, which was star teammate help, and aren't as deep of rotation. Star teammate help in the top 13 for Steph means there may be some things that some teammates like Klay Thompson or Draymond Green do that aren't necessarily in the data for the regular season total teammate help. Could also be injuries or a postseason focus. So games missed by Klay, Draymond, and Kevin Durant have lowered their graded contribution even if they would have been higher in the games they played. Next, looking at playoff PPP. Playoff PPP is the total of all the yearly playoff grades on a scale of 0 to 10 over the course of a player's career. Curry ranks 122nd all-time in playoff performance points, making the playoff 7 of his 11 years. Missed games in 2016, missing 6 games over the first 2 rounds. In 2018, same thing, 6 games over the first 2 rounds. This goes to teammate help to still make the finals in both of these years and win one of those championships despite a player the caliber of Curry missing huge playoff games. A question for listeners, could Akeem Olajuwon had missed six games over a playoff run and still made those finals in the two years? As a result of those games, Curry missed out on 2.2 playoff performance points. He lost out on an additional three points due to not winning a finals MVP in 2015. During the 2015 title run, he scored an 8.275 and did not win the finals MVP. He holds the distinction as the only player to ever score over an eight twice in a championship run, and not win a finals MVP. He even had a greater than nine performance, but lost out on finals MVP to Kevin Durant. He's only one of four players to ever do that. Anthony Davis in 2020, who lost to LeBron, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1980, who lost to Magic Johnson, and Cliff Hagen, who lost to Bob Pettit. Fun fact side note, 
Anthony Davis scored a massive 9.775 last year in the bubble finals. The only players to ever score higher than Anthony Davis in the championship run are Michael Jordan, Julius Irving, and George Mikan. He's also tied with two players, Connie Hawkins and LeBron James. In terms of Steph's other performances, all of his other player playoff performances have scored between a 5.9 and 7.5, all really solid contributions. Looking at playoff peak next, playoff peak is defined as the top four seasons in terms of graded performance, plus points for advancing, minus teammate help for advancing, and then adding finals MVP, any applicable finals MVP points. Curry currently ranks 33rd in playoff peak, earning points for having advanced to the finals five times, but missing out on a three additional points for the finals MVP, which would in itself take him from the, 20, from the 33rd playoff peak to 23rd. Playoff PPP per year. So playoff PPP per year is the average of the graded yearly performances over the course of a player's career. This gets at how consistent and reliable players were in the playoffs. Curry ranks 23rd on player playoff performance points per year in the playoffs. He has really no bad performances, as mentioned. His lowest score of 5.9 was when he missed six games over the first two rounds, with his highest scoring over a 9. Compared to the other point guards on the list, Curry performs at a 7.15 average, whereas the other four are 7.55, 7.5, 7.2, and 6.5, so right in the middle of that group. Looking at playoff PER, Curry is tied for 19th in playoff PER with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, David Robinson, and should be consistent in this range for a few years. Looking at playoff win share per 48, Curry is tied for 15th in playoff win share per 48 in line with Tim Duncan and just a fraction below Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. Both of his PER and win share per 48 mirror regular season performance for Curry as both are in the top 19 for the playoffs versus both in the top 21 in the regular season. So just consistently in that top 20 range. Looking at playoff teammate help, Playoff teammate help is the total team's playoff graded performances minus the individual's contribution. Curry ranks top two highest in terms of most playoff teammate help with an average of 34.2 PPP buoyed by the two championship winning years with Kevin Durant. He trails only George Mikan of those in the top 27 and has more help on average in the playoffs than players like Tim Duncan, who had the most overall teammate help when all of the teammate help metrics were combined and even more than Bill Russell, who had numerous Hall of Fame teammates and holds the title as a superstar with the highest teammate help, star teammate help of the top 27 players. This finding for playoff teammate help for Curry is more in line with what the eye test would have expected compared to regular season teammate help where Curry ranks low on his regular season total teammate help. Basically, Curry's regular season teams for half of his career were championship aspirations, so regular season was important, but players may have rested, dealt with injuries, etc., until the playoffs came when they turned it on. Looking at ice or individual championships earned, this is a team's one championship divided amongst its players based on the total player performance points and any applicable finals MVPs divided by total team player performance points. Curry ranks 33rd in ice all time, winning three, where one, he was a bus driver and two as a passenger to Kevin Durant. These three total .504, which is just under Hakeem Olajuwon's total, who won two championships as the lead guy in Houston in the 90s. Curry's 2015 run, when he was the bus driver, had an 8.275 score performance, where he averaged 26, 6, 5, and 2 
on 44-39-89 splits. He did lose out on NBA Finals MVP to Andre Iguodala, who averages who averaged 16-6-4-1 on 52-41 and get this free throw percentage splits of 36%. Ouch. But Andre Iguodala did have a plus 17 net rating while on the floor per 100 possessions versus Curry, who had just a plus 2 per 100 possessions. Per an article from GoldenStateOfMind.com, Andre Iguodala was indeed worthy of the trophy as he was inserted into the starting lineup for games 4 through 6, during which Golden State swept those games after trailing 2-1, to one, and Iguodala did help hold LeBron to 33% shooting when Iguodala was a primary defender, which helped limit LeBron to 39.8, and 69 splits in those finals. Side note, despite those shooting splits, LeBron still put up monster 36-13-9 in that series. Just a fun fact. Looking at the MVP voting for the 2015 finals, the 11-person NBA Finals MVP voting panel decided that the award would go to seven voted for Andre Iguodala, four voted for LeBron James, and zero voted for Steph Curry. Iguodala has the third lowest postseason score of any Finals MVP since 1980, with the other two being Tony Parker in 2007 and Joe Dumars in 1989. He's the first player to win the award without starting every game per Nesson. Curry's 2017 and 2018 run runs were really strong performances, as mentioned earlier, as he is one of four players to score over a nine and not win finals MVP for the winning team, which happened in 2017. 2018 was a good run, a 7.5 score performance, but his, missed game, his six missed games over the first two rounds lowered his score for that year. Next, looking at peak ice. So peak ice is the highest ice achieved. So for Curry, this was the 18.8% in 2015, which, right, which is good for 55th all-time. Not winning finals MVP really hurts Curry significantly here, as he scores more with second options or really low-scoring one options on championship runs instead of middle-to-high number one options. Winning the finals MVP in 2015, for example, would, bu- would bump up Curry's peak ice from 18.8% of the championship to 25.7%. This would take him from 55th all-time to 26th all-time, in line with folks like Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant in 2017, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Magic Johnson. So looking at the total game rankings, the rankings as discussed in this episode for Steph Curry are 150th, 17th, 38th, 34th, 18th, 21st, 13th, 20th, 122nd, 33rd, 23rd, 19th, 15th, 26th, 33rd, and 55th. You can see Steph Curry hovers in the top 13 to 33 range for most metrics, excluding the longevity metrics, which makes sense since he's still in his prime. When run through the game model, this gives him a final ranking of the 27th best player of all time with a perfect player rating of 63.1 as of the end of the 2020 season. Now it's time for the best part of the game model, the what-if scenarios, also known as game model simulations. So looking at what-if scenarios or game model simulations, because I have scored every player in NBA and ABA history with a regular season and postseason performance grade, as well as allocated points for accolades like MVP or Finals MVP, I am able to change an input and see what would happen to the rankings if something changed. So I mentioned a few times throughout this episode 
But how would Steph's legacy be impacted by winning that Finals MVP in 2015? As discussed earlier, there's an argument on both sides that Curry should have won over Iguodala, but an equal argument that Iguodala deserved it. Let's run the simulation through the game model and see what happens assuming he did win that 2015 Finals MVP. We see that his playoff points, playoff peak, playoff performance points per year all increase as his individual performance is improved with the three bonus points for winning Finals MVP. His playoff teammate help also decreases since he removes since this removes Andre Iguodala's extra three points for Finals MVP. This changes his ice and peak ice higher as well. The results of this simulation takes Curry from 27th all-time to 21st all-time. He jumps the three people who were ahead of him that had not won a championship, and this means he would be 21st all-time at age 31. The second simulation we run is if he wins the title in 2016 instead of blowing the 3-1 lead to the Cavaliers. If the Warriors don't blow that 3-1 lead in the, NBA, in the 2016 NBA Finals, Curry probably wins finals MVP since he played all seven games. Draymond Green was suspended for game five in the series for uh, hitting LeBron below the belt in game four. Makes you wonder if Draymond plays in game five, given they were already up two, three to one, if the outcome would have been different. As a result, we assume here that the Warriors win the series and Curry wins finals MVP because anyone who gets themselves suspended for a game in the finals for this is probably not deserving of the finals MVP to begin with. So what we do is we update the 2016 champion from the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Golden State Warriors in the model. We update finals MVP from LeBron James to Steph Curry. And running this simulation through the game model, we see that Curry's playoff points, playoff peak, PPP per year, all increase as his individual performance is improved. As a result of these changes, his ice and peak ice increase as well. And his ranking we see go from 27th to 21st all time, just like the other scenario. This is a really interesting finding because winning a finals MVP for a title he already had in 2015 was our first scenario versus winning another championship in finals MVP leads to the same ranking. The peak of winning a finals MVP is what propels him further to a top 21 performer. An extra championship does help, but accomplish the next, accomplishing the next level of individual player success it was, is what matters more here in the game ranking. The last simulation we will do is a combo scenario where Curry wins finals MVP in 2015 and also wins the 2016 championship in finals MVP, not blowing that 3-1 lead to the Cavaliers. In this combined scenario, Curry would move up one additional spot to top 20 all-time before his 32-year-old season, with only a small distance separating players 11-20. through 20. To summarize this episode, Curry has burned almost as bright as any star ever, with hopefully another half decade or more to rack up accomplishments and accolades to move him up the list as the longevity metrics are his weakest ones currently. His biggest hole in relation to other all-time greats is probably the lack of finals MVP and what that would do for his peak ice and playoff peak. So with that, thank you for listening, and be sure to check out number 26 next.